This podcast is brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. BankInfoSecurity.com is your source for the news and views shaping security and risk management within the finance space. What are the top cybercrime threats to banking institutions in Australia? Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today with Graham Ingram, General Manager of OSERT in Australia. Graham, thank you so much for joining me. Not a problem, Tom. If you can, please, tell us a bit about yourself, about the organization and the work that you're doing now. Um, OSERT is a, is a computer emergency response team. Um, we're one of the older computer emergency response teams in the world. And um, traditionally, we've looked at computer-based uh, vulnerabilities, um, issues, compromises. Uh, then, in about 2003, uh, we got involved in a lot of the uh, banking and identity theft, um, which then, over time, morphed into the um, incredible problems of malware, malicious activity, organised crime, um, Cybercrime, if you want to call it that. Um, so we now uh, involved in a whole range of things relating to internet security and and effectively you know, assisting people on the internet to have a safer and uh, probably more um, rewarding experience. Graham, what would you say are the biggest cybercrime threats right now to the banking institutions in Australia? Um. I think the biggest threat is clearly the the proliferation of compromised machines, compromised computers um, around the world, which um, does come in a variety of formats to problems. For example, uh, the compromised machines are being um, harvested for details, user IDs and passwords, um, which is really the first stage of an attack on the banking system. Um, my view is that's, that's pretty well handled nowadays, not the major thing. But the thing that concerns, I, I guess, me more is the, the growth of identity theft. Identity theft allows you to, in many ways, um, become someone else and effectively trade and be that person on, on a, an online environment, particularly, and even in a physical environment. Um, it also translates to things like um, uh, card not present fraud, which is uh, growing and um, will continue to be a very difficult um, form of, uh, of um, attack to deal with. So the other one that probably is not so directly is, uh, is the botnets. Um, the botnets cumulatively have an enormous firepower and they drive the fans. Uh, engines, um, so uh, I'm guessing probably 80-90% of the world's fan comes from botnets. These are the things that uh, promote and um, the, the email of the attacks um, and basically it's put organised crime into a um, industrial capability. How would you say you have seen the banks typically responding to these threats you've just outlined to us? Oh, look, the Australian banks have been, um, you know, since about 2003, 2004, um, have been right on this. And, and they do a, a damn good job. Um, I have to say now, looking at most of the Australian banking institutions, that this is business as usual. Um, I think one of the 
key turning point for the banking industry in particular was to, I suppose, understand that it's, uh, how would I say, it's, um, it's assumed that the machine connecting to their banking system has been compromised. That becomes one of the fundamental tenets. If you assume that, then you can take internal action in terms of um, looking at um, money patterns to detect uh, fraudulent transactions. So I think the banks have done remarkably well. And really, I'm not so worried about the banks. I'm, I'm more worried about things like government institutions because the criminals, in a large extent, are looking at what the prime, you know, yes, money is good, but there is no doubt that identity makes money. If you can become someone else and assume their trading you know, accounts, whatever, um, that's how you make this a very profitable enterprise for criminals. And really, the banks don't have a lot of that personal information. If you think about it, um, most of that personal information is, is held by governments um, and other institutions. And I, I guess what I'm saying is my, my ultimate concern is the protection of the information held about people. Um, but coming back to your question, no, I think the banks have done remarkably well and it's not a big issue for them now. Well, that speaks to incident response, and it sounds like the banks are doing a good job there. Maybe you can talk about what the banks are doing well that government agencies and other organizations could learn from. Well, um, I, th I think there is a lot to learn from the banks. Um, and, and look, there's no doubt the banks have invested many, many millions of dollars in fi not fixing the problem, but getting, uh, getting their, their head around the problem. So the primary thing that the bank, the advantage the banks have is that they know their customers and they can profile their customer activity very, very well. You know, um, other organizations are not so lucky. So for example, if you have, for example, eBay or PayPal or something like this, they have a much broader customer base and the, the degree of transaction is probably more limited. So the ability to trans, to, to profile a customer's transactions um, is reduced. Now, I mean, let, let me give you a quick example. If I um, hop on my banking session um, and transfer money to my daughter, I normally send her $20 or $40 when she's, uh, when she's uh, broke. Um, but also, that's, that's a, a reasonably frequent transaction that I might do, like once every fortnight or something like this. So, the key elements of that is that the... Um, the, 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 the person I'm sending the money to is a known entity. I have transacted with that person before. The amount of money, I will never send her $10,000. That's not on. So the amount of money is reasonably well known and static. Um, the other thing is that I don't, uh, that's a pattern that the banks can monitor. Now, as soon as I send you know, uh, $10,000, $5,000 to some unknown person, that will flag things in the banking profile. So you can start to see what I mean, that the banks have an advantage here over everyone else. Um, the other thing is that the banks can, in many ways, uh, protect money transfers. You know, you can, although the details of the transaction may have been stolen, the idea is to stop the cash. Unfortunately for government institutions, 
the, the, the currency of their transaction is the information itself. And unfortunately, um, it, many people don't realise that if the if a machine has been compromised, it is impossible, and I use that word very deliberately, to protect the confidentiality of that transaction. So what the banks are trying to do is protect the integrity of the transaction, but governments have to protect the confidentiality of the transaction, and that is an impossible thing to do. So you can start to see the dilemma that uh, faces governments and other people who look after as where information is the is the primary currency that they're using. Grant, does that make sense? From your perspective, where do these organisations need to improve most in this year, two thousand eleven? Look, I I think that there's a whole range of uh, um, uh, things that need to be done. First of all, people have got to understand uh, the concept of privacy. Privacy. Criminals don't respect privacy, but a lot of the um, the issues we deal with nowadays are um, in terms of a privacy uh, arrangement. And, and what I mean by this is that I believe that uh, people are asking for too much information on the internet, and they're linking it together. This is an absolute uh, goldmine for criminals because the criminal uh, malware nowadays is heavily refined. It will harvest all information on a PC. So the more that you transact online, the more information that's delivered online, uh, the more information the criminals are capturing. And they make great use of it. They don't doubt that because if you look at the, uh, the trading, the almost like the, uh, uh, the, the underground marketplaces, all this information is actively traded. Um, so I think recognition of the growing problem is is there. I think there's too many people in particularly government organisations who are in denial. Why? Because they have promoted the online environment as the way to reduce their costs and to become more efficient. It is very efficient for them, but if it means that more and more citizens' information is being stolen because they're being um, these, these online environments are being promoted without proper uh, recognition of the dangers and the risks, then I think we have a big problem. Graham, a final question for you. What are the top yep. prime trends that you see unfolding this year, and how specifically do the banks need to be prepared to respond to those threats? Um, I think that um, botnets will continue to be extremely active and become far more sophisticated. Um, I think we'll see malware becoming, uh, just growing and growing. Um, we've seen time and time again how it becomes more sophisticated. The use of rootkits, the ability to hide the malware, it's virtually undetectable. Uh, antivirus products uh, are very difficult to deal with it. We will have, as people said, uh, more targeted attacks where malware is delivered specifically at individuals for the purpose of compromising that individual. Um, and I think the, the the rate of compromised machines will continue to decline. Um, the sophistication of the criminal marketplace is um, is very worrying, and I have seen nothing at this stage that indicates that that trend will be reversed in any way, shape, or form. Um, I, I do say to people. Um, 
perhaps a little bit cynically, is that where's the threshold of pain? I mean, if, say, if one in five computers in Australia is infected with malware that we cannot detect and cannot remove, uh, and our businesses, um, how would you say, our businesses um, comfortable with transacting uh, online transactions in full view of criminal activity, uh, is one in you know, one in two computers in Australia. I mean, at what what point do we say that we have an unsustainable online economy because of the rate of compromise? I don't have the answer for that, and I don't think anyone else has. But that's the direction we're heading. Graham, that's very good and a very good point. I appreciate your time and your insight today. Thanks so much for spending time with me. Thanks, Tom. You're welcome. We've been talking with Graham Ingram. He's the general manager of OSERP in Australia. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much. This podcast has been brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.BankInfoSecurity.com.